Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. It is a brand new show for this Wednesday, April 13th, Year of Science 2022. Science! All hell, science. It is right to give science thanks and praise. Just like it's right for you guys to be here with us today. On the Ralph Report, we have a hell of a show lined up for you. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, what more do you need than the return of <gasps> Mr. Steve Mother Lovin' Ashton? <laughs> he was on the uh, the COVID list for a yes, while on the team. Was. We had to keep him out of team activities. <laughs> but now he's on the mend. Back in. He's tested Neg. Oh. Although he's still feeling the uh, the repercussions, Dude. how everybody's Brilliant. well enough to join us today, and that's all I really care about. So, so happy to have him back here on The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. Expect walkouts. Yeah, we, we always <laughs> oh, do. Yeah, we, we always Always do. a lot for walkouts. Yes. Uh, what else we got going on? <laughs> uh, the usual stuff, entertainment news. We got a bunch of great phone calls coming up as well. And mm-hmm. because it's Wednesday... Um, oh boy, this is Come this on. is embarrassing. It's usually, the day before the show, I know, not on but the I show, just I'm trying forget. to think. I know it's one hit wonder, you got it right. One hit wonder Wednesday, uh, a rare revisiting of a one hit wonder. Oh, have we ever done that before? We never have, but I'll tell you why it's okay. happening today when we get there a little bit later in the show. All right, uh, a lot of good stuff ahead. I think you're really going to enjoy yourself, so sit back. Relax and enjoy the podcast. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. That runs. And sitting here in the bat cave with me is the rear admiral himself, uh-huh. the sheriff of Ghost Town, mm-hmm. fan of a team that has broken the law and owes everybody a lot of money. <laughs> Good. Holy God. Holy God. It's Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. the mosh of the penguin. Oh, so That's good. Eddie Pence's entrance music as he comes into the ring. <laughs> How are you feeling about your Washington Commanders? I am so excited. Breaking all the laws. I want all the laws broken. Owing money to visiting teams oh. and their own t- season ticket holders. This is what's going to get that fuckhead out of the ownership. I don't know. Of that team. No, no. He can sell off cheerleaders like sex slaves. That's fine. We'll turn a blind eye to that as a society. But once you start stealing from the other old white owners, <laughs> you're in deep fucking shit, pal. I just, he's done a lot of things you think would have already had I him think this is it. ejected from ownership, but he seems it. to be Teflon, this no, guy. Not, no, you start taking money from the other owners, this is it. This is where this they're going to draw the line? Yep, 
This is it. As always, that com- dick is fucking gone. Comes down to can't the wait. Almighty dollar. Yep. So all, what, everything does. That, that, the, the, the cheerleader scandal should, would have taken anybody else out, but not an NFL owner. Well, when you're a star, they let you grab them they, by the pussy. They do. <laughs> Society does. Doesn't hold anybody accountable for that shit. It is crazy how a lot of sexual offenders seem to be let off the hook. They just slip right by. That, if you read up on that cheerleader sex scandal between him and Bruce Allen, all that shit that happened like a decade ago, that's some vile, disgusting shit. And he still was able to own that team. Yeah. And now finally, because he stole money from some other owners, that's going to be what gets him out. Well, That's how gross everything is. We'll see. I'm fired you up. You are. You're, you're on flambe. I hate, him. I hate him. You are just all He's worked awful. up. He's an awful person. Wow. Oh, I'm I so fired up. Rarely see you. Sorry. Sorry. I know. I know it was the ex-interview. I was angry. Someone said I was angry. I apologize. <laughs> yes. I don't mean to be so angry. You're just, uh, you're on fire. I, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. When it comes to that dickhead. El Fuego. I'm in Fuego. And you're in Fuego. (laughs) (laughs) I did see something really good last night. You saw something good last night. Have you seen that? Have you heard about that movie, uh, Everywhere, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It is such a good movie. I am not familiar. It's 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 a multiverse movie. Oh boy! But it's it's oh a very small. Boy. It's got Here we go. No, <laughs> you and your multiverses. Go see this Does movie. Captain America show no, up. No, it's it's about the relationship between, between a mother and a daughter, and then it it goes in this whole thing about how every decision you make spawns an alternate reality, and then it's a it's such a good movie about such a simple idea. Mm, and it's it doesn't got sound a, like a simple idea. It sounds like a, a brain burner. The premise is simple, but the the movie. So it's got uh, what's his face? Uh, short round data from Goonies. That that actor. Oh, um, and Michelle Yeoh was that her name? Yes, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, and uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but it's such a good movie. Mm. It's such a good. I recommend anyone who hasn't heard it or seen it, go see it. Well, there you go. It's a such little a little what you watching recommendation. I know I picked some shitty movies. Oh yes, this, <laughs> oh yes. This is not one of those. A great many, as a matter of fact. <laughs> this is not one of movies. Those. This all is right. not one of those. Well, good to know. So everything, everywhere, all at once. All right, we'll check that out. Uh, before we get into the show today, I just, I just recently, as I mentioned, I was in uh, Las Vegas over the weekend mm-hmm. and I am a, I'm a flyer to Vegas. There are two camps here in Southern California. You got your drivers and you got your flyers yeah. to Vegas. And I just can't. With I'm a driver. driver. He, Eddie's a driver. Yeah. Inexplicably. He likes to drive everywhere. I don't, I don't like to drive anywhere. <laughs> and so I like just to go to uh, the Burbank airport, yeah. just hop on a short flight door to door. Boom. I'm there in Vegas. Right. And I got a, I got a drink in my hand. I got a cigarette dangling from my lips, and I'm uh, pulling. You smoke on the plane, right? Pulling the handle of a one-armed bandit, <laughs> as they used to call him, in the span of two hours. Um, but air traffic is just a nightmare. It's just getting worse and worse and worse, and people are worse behaved, and they're just awful, and people are awful to each yes, other, and the are. poor flight crews, and it's just getting exponentially worse. Yeah, we're devolving. And that Seriously. brings me to uh, our first story today. I don't know if you saw it or not. Southwest Airlines, oh. the uh, Greyhound to the skies. What do you take to Vegas? Don't you take Southwest? I do take Southwest. Yeah, everybody yeah. takes Southwest to yeah. Vegas. Because it's, uh, it's Burbank to Vegas. It's cheap it, and easy. It's $4, yeah. and uh, it's uh, a nightmare. They pay you to fly. But you can just close your <laughs> eyes and <laughs> grin and bear it for an hour and 10 minutes, and then you're in Vegas. Right. 
However, if you're flying from Seattle to Phoenix, for Ooh, example, it's a rough flight. Much longer flight, and much worse things happen apparently because this dude, Antonio Sherrod McGarity, he was arrested when he landed in Phoenix. Why? Well, Eddie, it turns out that people frown on masturbating during the flight when you're flying from Seattle to Phoenix. I've never gotten any complaints. Never had any complaints? <laughs> no. Well, uh, Mr. McGarrity claims he didn't have any complaints either. Oh, really? In fact, he, th he thought somehow he was being encouraged oh. to engage. <laughs> Three-hour-long flight, Antonio McGarrity <laughs> was found masturbating hmm. four different times in front of a female four passenger. Four times. You heard me. Federal charges is what he's facing for Good. pulling down his pants and masturbating at least four times in front of a female passenger. <sighs> Let's break down the activity. According to the complaint, McGarity was seated in seat 11F and the female witness was in seat 11E shortly after takeoff. Oh, poor while woman. the aircraft was in the air, McGarity exposed his penis by pulling down his pants and began masturbating. Oh my God. When the female next to him noticed the lewd behavior, she began taking pictures to document it, which is smart, by the way. Um, when he fell asleep after masturbating for roughly an hour, <laughs> what? She got up and told a crew a crew member what had what had happened, and she was asked to be moved to another seat, which they uh, accommodated. I can't her. believe she sat through it. An hour. An hour. Why would you not hit the call button above you and go, "Hey, this." Fuckhead's jerking off. I. That's what the only thing I can't understand is how that. I wouldn't sit came next to, to anybody doing that for an hour. Uh, not for thirty seconds. For thirty, yeah. He get an elbow in the nose pretty quick. On four separate occasions, apparently he had been witnessed masturbating using both his left and right hands. It says in the wow. complaint. I'm wow. Not sure whether they have to get that that uh, specific, but. Uh, McGarity was interviewed by FBI agents upon landing, and he admitted to his in-flight behavior. However, he claimed he had an excuse. Hmm? He said he asked the female witness if she minded if oh, he masturbated. Oh, my God. According to McGarity, the female witness put her hands in the air as if it doesn't really matter. And I thought that response was kind of kinky, he told the FBI. And then that's why he proceeded to uh, continue on <laughs> and on and on. First of all, best case scenario, she shrugged and turned away to avoid him and not engage. Yeah. And somehow he took that as encouragement and then for the remainder of the flight, apparently on and off, was doing this for the entire flight. Oh, fucking idiot. It can't stand this sort of behavior in society any longer. <laughs> well, we just gave a fucking Grammy to Louis C.K. for Louis C.K. got a Grammy. I mean... Just, I just... What is the compulsion to want to masturbate in front of a woman? I'm I don't... sure he's sick. I'm sure he has mental issues, what have you. But... We got it. We had the the society is starting to dissolve. That's what I said. We're devolving. We're crumbling into this group, this pack of weird animals who just engage in every urge and do whatever we want, whenever we want to do it, wherever we want to do it. Right. I can't anymore. I mean. <sighs> I just, I don't understand how it's allowed to go on for an hour. I don't understand. That part, I, to, and this story that blows helped, my mind. story didn't help me with that information at all, but you're absolutely right. Uh, how did that, how did that go I, on? It I wouldn't, if it was anywhere in the vicinity of me, it wouldn't be going on for that long. I, 
surely someone else across the aisle or something that. must have witnessed something. My poor woman, but like, why would you sit there for an hour? That's when I would have gotten up and stuffed him into the air sickness bag. Oh. <laughs> threw his ass into the uh, bathroom and uh, found some way to lock it. Oh. But anyway, so yeah, be careful when you're flying the friendly yeah. skies, kids, because sometimes it's a little too goddamn friendly. Eyes forward, hands on laps. Indeed. I would have just slammed the uh, seat tray down on him <laughs> while he was doing it. He would have got a hot cup of coffee in his crotch. <laughs> that would have been the best. That's what I would have done. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, stewardess, can I just get a cup of scalding <laughs> hot water, please? <laughs> and a lemon? <laughs> All right, let's turn our attention to decent people, kind people, good people. The Garmy, we love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do it, folks. You can, of course, send us an email, ralph at the ralphreport.com if you're so inclined. Social media as well. You'll find us on there. And, of course, it's the Ralph Report Hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available to you. All you got to do is dial up that magical phone number, one 833 Yeah. Leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. And then I listen to them all. I grab a handful and we put them here in a segment we call Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Blip, 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 blow. Yesterday was Tongue Twister Tuesday, maybe our most disastrous, disastrous, disastrous. Disastrous? Disastrous. Disastrous. Yeah, okay. But the more you say it, the weirder it sounds. Didn't sound right coming out of my face. We did not do well, is my point. No, we did not. Oh, well. Collectively. Some people like to add insult to injury. Do they? You live in benevolent elephants. You live in benevolent elephants. You live in benevolent elephants. Wow. That's how it's done. All right. Wow. Screw you, pal. I bet he did it like several times and recorded it and just played the recording into the phone. I, I was trying to figure it out, too. How I many takes he could it. he do yes. it? But, you know, you can't delete the phone no, calls. that's why I'm saying he recorded it and then played the recording. I don't know. It sounded sounded live. It sounds a little echoey. I don't know if it was live or was it Memorex. <laughs> Remember that commercial? I do. I've been complaining here on the show mm-hmm. that I want uh, booze fruit. Yeah, I want fruits. I want boozy fruit yeah. that I can eat. And get loaded. I want to be able to eat fruit and get loaded. Right. Because our new uh, sponsor, of course, is Boozy Fruits. Boozy Fruit, yeah, Boozy Fruit. It's a one primates are craving for. Boozy Fruit, yeah, Boozy Fruit. Just look out for that tree. Making bonobos blotto since 1986. Yeah. Imagine my surprise when I was informed in via this phone call that there is a fruit out there that can get you boozed up. Hi, Ralph. Hi, Eddie, Steve, Yoho crew. This is Craig, One Star General from the UK. Ralph, you've been talking about um, fruit, drunk fruit. I'm not sure if you have it in America, but we have this stuff over here called Amarula Cream. It's made with the um, Marula fruit, which is also known as elephant fruit. Basically, it's called elephant fruit because the elephants drink it or eat it and get pissed and fall asleep. So yeah, it's called Amarula Cream. It's it, it, it's quite thick, creamy liqueur. I've had it once. It's quite nice, and it does make you feel pretty pissed. So yeah, maybe you should try that. Thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. First of all, thick and creamy thick, sounds, yeah. sounds pretty goddamn good. Make me pissed. To me personally. <laughs> Uh, but secondly, how angry am I? At the first, I didn't know about this fruit. It is called the marula fruit. Mm-hmm. It is only found in South Africa. 
But secondly, that there's a booze out there that I've never heard of before. Yeah. Amarillo cream is, is a liquor or liqueur, if you will, that they say has a velvety, rich, nutty, caramel flavor with a hint of citrus. Hmm. They say it's like Bailey's Irish cream, but it's actually uh, way better. Oh, well, you got to get your hands on some. I know. The um, rule of fruit is a favorite among safari animals, including rhinoceroses, giraffes, and monkeys. Mm. But no one, it says here, is as crazy about the marula as the elephant, and that's why they call it the marula tree. Wow. Uh, the elephant will eat the, the fruits and the bark and the trees. Oh, they go nuts. They'll just go nuts for just it. Just fucking have a bender. Can't get enough. <laughs> now, some people speculate that the elephants don't really get drunk from the fruit because the average marula tree only yields so many fruits. Right. And, uh, and the weight of the elephant, elephant is massive. Yeah. How much fruit would it have to eat to actually get the effect right. of the alcohol in there? Yeah. But I choose to believe. That's why. Maybe it's very potent. The former, them. not the latter. So uh, there you go. I'm a Rulo. 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 Fruit. Fruit, but the Amarula cream is the is a liquor that you we gotta, gotta get try. Them. They don't sell it here. What? I'm I'm like I don't know anything about it. This you is all news. Go to, to one me. of your websites. You order shit from. <laughs> no, that doesn't. You can get some. Doesn't turn out on the for cheap. well. Doesn't turn out for well. <laughs> I'm gonna go by my local uh, liquor superstore here and okay. see if they've got it. Got it. Would you Would you take a sip? Would you take a taste? I, I mean, I would take a Should I'll, I'll, I get some? I would take a taste if you got some. A little some. sippy sip just to see what the flavor was like. Well, I'm I would, not going to. I would take a sip. It's a liqueur. You wouldn't drink a, a lot liqueur. of it anyway. I'm not going to give you a, a giant flagon of a it. Big old mug. A flagon. Speaking of sippy sips, Ooh, look what just came look in. Look at that shot glass. Look what just came in. The brand new 2.0 Ralph Report shot glasses. Nice. Have just landed, kids. You so we got some with balls on them. We're back. Boobs? No, this is perfect. <laughs> just a straight up shot glass, uh, <laughs> lovingly uh, decorated with our logo here. So we've we're back in stock. We've there got go. shot glasses back in stock. Nice. 2.0. So I was very happy to uh, these that arrived, the ones that made the trip. Yes. I opened up the box. Oh no! And it had been packed like. A kid moving to college would just stuff his things into a box. <laughs> and as I was carrying the box and heard the rattle, I said, this can't be good. And I opened them up and about a quarter of oh, them no. had been uh, shattered. Did you call up the company, give them some, the heck some I of business? The heck I didn't. I gave them what the, for. The what fours? I gave them my two cents. <laughs> But they were very accommodating. They were like, oh, we apologize. We'll send you out a, another half batch oh, to, make, so you made out to make up for uh, what the damage was. So you may or may not have created like uh, insurance fraud a little bit here. No. You might have broken them yourself. I didn't demand anything they offered. You may have just dropped it. I didn't drop accidentally it. Accidentally on purpose. I, I, uh, I, was the, I was the victim in this particular case. <laughs> so you have more than you originally were They made it right because I also have um, coffee mugs on their way coming right, from right, the right. same company. Uh, and I think they want a little of that TRR business. They do. So Who doesn't? They, they're trying to keep me happy. So uh, we'll be uh, having those available again soon as the prizes on the Ralph Report uh, Garmy Game Show. Fun. We're going to have them at the live show at the end of the month. Ooh. If you want to pick one up, then Ooh. we'll have a little merchy merch, merch table. table. I'm getting very excited. It's very fun. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And I gave away my secret recipe, which is just a uh, little hint of mayonnaise spread on the inside. Right. Eddie Pence was like, oh, and Miracle Whip, too. That's the same thing. Hey, Ralph. I had to stop the show just to pick on Eddie Pence. 
what's the difference between mayo and Miracle Whip? Yeah. Has he even tried either of them? Right. If not, that should be his Munch Monday. Yes. Okay. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Maybe you need to be schooled. Well, there's some history there. Because I've never, I've actually never had Miracle Whip. My mom was a mayonnaise fan, and my dad loved Miracle Whip. Well, your dad's and a Philistine and a Cro-Magnon. My mom would not allow Miracle Whip in the house. I like your mother already. So my dad was always complained that he couldn't have Miracle Whip in the house. And so I've always known about Miracle Whip. I've just never had any Miracle Whip. Oh, my God. So, so foul. But apparently my dad loves it. Well, your dad is a, is a Philistine. A Philistine. He needs to be dealt with. So, but my mom loves the mayo. So, well, then we might have to have a little, a little class. I'd be curious. I, I don't know what Miracle Whip tastes we'll like. We'll do a little. Uh, we'll do a little taste okay. test between the uh, the heavenly mayonnaise and the, the same is that big Satan's of a difference? semen known as Miracle Whip. Is, that a, is it that big of a difference? It's foul. Or is it just purist being purist? No, it's foul and heinous on every level. All right, and it needs to be dealt with okay it's on the list of things i'm going to deal with <laughs> okay when i get it's around what to it. fours list hey uh sometimes i tell people where stuff comes from mm -hmm. good one today hey ralph this is matt from novi michigan i was in line with another customer and we're both uh she was buying a, a cot you know like those temporary beds and we're both wondering where does the word cot come from i hope there's a story behind it lmb have a good one ralph bye a cot why do we call a little Portable bed, a cot. I don't know. Where the hell's cot come from? Bill, I'm asking you, where's it come from? Bill Cot invented it. No, I don't know. No, that's not the case at all. Let me let me explain, please. To you. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Fascinating story behind cot. Never this is the kind of it. information you get from the Ralph Report. Right. For as little as 15 cents a day. Right. You can be the you can be the hit of the cocktail party when you drop this on somebody. This is one part of the show no one can complain about. <laughs> That's right? right. No one gets angry about this part of the show. Uh, cot. This may go. This may be our furthest origin for a word or idiom we've ever dealt with. Oh, it goes okay. back to 1630s. Wow. And it turns out that cot mm -hmm. is actually a Hindi word from Sanskrit. Oh my goodness. Cot. K H A T pronounced like C-O-T, mm -hmm. that means a small light bed or hammock. So in India, they would hang a, a canvas hammock up, and the word for that bed was the cot. Now, here's the thing. The Brits eventually, you know, being the imperialists that they are, right. took over India right. and picked up some Hindi words while they were there. And so the reference to the portable bed the canvas bed being called a cot by the natives got adapted, oh. adopted rather by the Brits. And then they started using it in reference to hammocks that would be hanging on the ships, right. the naval ships in the English Navy, and then on into the army as well, because originally a lot of soldiers would sleep on these fold out can right. canvas stretched beds yes. that they called cots. But it all goes back to the Hindi word for hammock, huh. which is cot. Right? Right? That's going to come in so handy so, to somebody. So, handy. Oh, wait next till you time. drop that at your next dinner party, next kids. Time I'm camping. That's right. Hey, you happen. know where cot comes from? No, I don't. I want to go to bed. Leave me alone. <laughs> That'll be one of them. That I might don't. be the response you get. <laughs> but at least you'll know where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking build up. While we were talking about the holidays yesterday, I mentioned the complete bullshit holiday that is Big Wind Day. Oh, yeah, Big Wind Day. Because of wind. Uh-huh. 
So dumb. Mm. Uh, I should have known better, though. I should have not gone there because this was bound to happen. We got a bunch of these. Just a simple request. A very, very basic, basic request. Don't ever, ever bring up wind on the show ever fucking again. All right. Because Eddie, the goddamn parakeet, can't help but keeping wind out of his mouth. I'm no wind. I'm really an expert on wind. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I don't, I don't. And it's a windy day today. Right, it is. It's a windy day. I don't, I don't appreciate his attitude. The, the, we do. We have established Eddie has a bit of a disconnect between I's and E's Wind. in certain words. No, just here's a little bit from yesterday's oh show. See God. if you can hear the difference. Big Waves. wind day. Big wind. Big Waves. wind day. Big wind. Big no. wind day. Big wind. Big wind. You keep saying big wind. Big wind day. Wind. Wind. Why do I want to make my face all contort and go wind every well, time I say I, that word? I'm doing it for emphasis. Wind. Big Waves. wind day. Big wind. You sound like you're talking about a girl named Wendy who is on the larger side who drives trucks. I would trucks, never call someone who, big Wendy. Who drives trucks and her nickname around the oh, truck stop is Big Wend. She'd be called Healthy Wendy. You sound like you call her, hey, is Big Wend? Is Big Wend around? Because uh, her truck is uh, is idling out there in the parking lot. Where's, tomato, tomato. Where's Big Wend? Like tomato, Large Marge. fucking tomato. No, there's words that are pronounced with the way they are. Wind, wind. Have big it. Wind day. Big Wend. Big oh Wend. Whatever. I don't appreciate anyone's attitudes. Uh, we play upbeat music for you every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. This is going to make your day a little bit brighter, Eddie Pence. Mm -hmm. This is going to turn your frown upside down. Doubt it. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. How you guys doing? Uh, ben in the Valley. So I don't know if this qualifies as a happy hit, um, but it's been stuck in my head for the last couple of days because as a part of my job, I get to write up um, local area reports on, you know, wherever, wherever uh, we're, we're doing business at the time. And right now, we're doing business in a nice beach community in South Carolina mm. called Myrtle Beach. Oh, and God. let me tell you, from the time I was assigned that, that uh, report till today, this is like three days now, I have had that goddamn song <laughs> stuck in my head. Yeah. In fact, yesterday I uttered out loud, goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. <laughs> and my wife looked at me like I was insane. Mm. So I would love to hear that as a happy hit. Maybe either, you know, keep my head for three days longer, finally get it out. All right. Love you. Meet it. Bye. It's been some time since we've heard the extended <laughs> version of the great Sonny Ledford and his epic musical tribute mm. to one of Eddie Pence's favorite cities in the world. The stomps. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm sure Eddie will be spending some time there this He's summer. Got a trip planned already. I'm sure you do. Here's Sonny Ledford <laughs> with his homage to that wonderful little town by the sea, Myrtle Beach. Goddamn motherfucker Myrtle Beach Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach Goddamn I love Myrtle Beach I'm gonna smoke me a joint when I get there I'm gonna drink a cold beer when I get there I'm gonna lay one out when I get there And I ain't gonna sleep when I get there Get a rebel flag raft when I get there Airbrush t-shirts when I get there Get some calabash shrimp when I get there I'm gonna miss the pavilion when I get there Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach 
Goddamn motherfucker Myrtle Beach A Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach Goddamn I love Myrtle Beach It wouldn't be Myrtle Beach without rednecks Black bike, we can saw good, what's next? Sherry Grove down the Myrtle's inlet We're gonna take it up a notch when the sun sets I'm gonna play around the golf when I get there Going fishing off the hooker when I get there Late nights a crazy horse when I get there It's like saltwater taffy when I get there Well, I'm the Myrtle Beach Midnight Mayor Gonna shag on the strand like a player We get hurricanes, fuck a tornado I'm gonna miss the pavilion when I get there I'm Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach Goddamn motherfucker Myrtle Beach I'm Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach Goddamn There you go, Ben. I hope that is an exorcism <laughs> for you and that leaves your mind. There's a, mer- there's a music video to it, too. It's, oh, it's somewhere sure. buried in the Ralph Report. Sure there is. We got to pull that up. Eddie Pence <laughs> put that together for us. We'll uh, we'll repost that as we approach summertime as well. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You, too, can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But in order for that to happen, well, you got to call me. Call me. Now it's time for us to pay tribute to folks who passed away on this day, April 13th. We're going to take a look at the lives and the legacies of folks gone throughout history. We call it Hello Death. Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello Death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello Death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garvin will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. On this day in 1886, John Humphrey Noyce passed away at the age of 74. He was an American preacher who founded the Oneida community. The Oneida community was a religious communal society. He formed his own religious sect known as the Perfectionists. Oh, wow. The Perfectionists believed that it was possible to bring about Jesus's perfect kingdom here on earth, not just in heaven. And so by doing that, you had to live a certain way, and that would lead you towards religious perfection. The Oneida community practiced communalism which meant, in the sense, everything was community property and possessions, including each other. So the Anita community believed in group marriage. Everyone in the community was married to everyone else. Okay. And so it was encouraged that you would have sex with everyone in the community Uh because you were all married to each other. Well, if you're going to be married to everybody, you should be able to have sex with That's my point. However, they also realized they had limited natural resources, so they couldn't have a bunch of kids. Right. So one other part of the sect was something called male sexual continence, Hmm. where you could have sex, but you weren't allowed to have an orgasm if you were a man. What? (laughs) You heard me. What? You couldn't have an orgasm. I can't even think of that. It It makes the act more spiritual and less physical. Huh? 
So you're just having the sex without the, point? the eventual orgasm mm. so that you wouldn't impregnate your 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 communal so, wife. Blue balled all over town? Well, I guess eventually you could take care of yourself after the fact, but you just Whoa. couldn't while you were in the She's act. Not of there. Why well, were you allowed to touch yourself? Yeah, sure. It was a very uh, liberal sexual oh, so community. Just, yes. Yeah. You just couldn't do it during the act of okay. sex. They also had an interesting um ritual called mutual criticism. Oh. Where every person in the community would have to sit in a box <laughs> and the entire community would have to tell them what's wrong with them. Sounds like Festivus. You would tell them what's wrong with them in the hopes of making them a more perfect person. Hmm. You would just openly chastise the person and tell them all the things that they do wrong. Sounds like this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exactly like this show. <laughs> How dare That's you? That's exactly what's happening here. Let me do my show for Christ's sake. <laughs> so uh, there you go. John Humphrey Noyce passed well, at away. At least you put me in a day. chair, not a box. That's right. So thanks. <laughs> 1919, Phoebe Hurst passed away. Oh. American philanthropist, and uh, she was big in the suffragette movement as uh, well. Okay. Women votes. Um, she died at the age of 76 on this day. Mother, of course, of William Randolph Hearst. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, Hearst Castle, right? Exactly. Yeah. Elwood Haynes died on this day in 1925, American automotive pioneer, built one of the first autos in the United States. He died at the age of 67. More importantly, he invented the alloy stellite and also developed stainless steel as well. So mm. we owe him a lot. Uh, Annie Jump Cannon, American astronomer, passed away on this day in 1941, the age of 77. She was a pioneering female astronomer who invented the stellar classification system. Oh. We were able to catalog stars because of her method. That's pretty complex. Method. It is. She was the first woman to receive an honorary doctorate from Oxford University oh, wow. in 1925. In 1959, Regardus Rinhout died at the age of 38. He was known as the Giant of Rotterdam. Huh. He was the only giant ever to come out of the Netherlands. Hmm. Like giant giant or just a tall person? He was over eight feet tall. Wow. Yes. He was a massive human That's being. Way big. Way big. Way too big. And uh, sadly, he was mocked as a youth because of his size. Oh, yeah. But he eventually became a star in his hometown of Rotterdam. And he was used primarily for advertising. He would become a moving billboard. Wow. And he just, would, people would put signs on him. Stuck stuff on him and told him to walk around. Pretty much, yes. Wow. Kind of hard life. First sign spinner. 1975, Larry Parks, American actor, passed away at the age of 60, best known for his work playing Al Jolson in the story of Al Jolson's life, The Jolson Story, and its sequel, like Jolson Sings Again in the 1940s. Hard to watch those movies now because Al Jolson, as you may or may not know, yep. was a uh, big user of blackface yeah. in his stage act. Yes. And they reproduced that quite faithfully Ugh. in the uh, 1940s films about his life. Ugh. And uh, sure, a shocking visual it's gotta now be to take a look at. Very cringeworthy. In 1984, we lost a British actor named Richard Herndall, best known to the Doctor Who fans as the other doctor or the missing doctor. He is not well known for playing Doctor Who because he only played him once, replacing the original first Doctor Who, William Hartnell, in the uh, 20th anniversary special called The Five Doctors. He stepped in, but he's still considered a doctor nonetheless. Another actor passed away in 1986 named Stephen Stucker. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? It depends. A little bit. Stephen, Stephen Stucker, Stucker sadly passed away very young at the age of 38. He was one of the very first 
openly gay actors uh, in Hollywood who uh, contracted HIV uh -huh. and eventually passed from complications due to AIDS. 38 years old, way too yeah. soon to go. Yeah. But he was hilariously funny, probably best remembered for his role as Johnny in the movie Airplane. He was the yeah. one running around the uh, the flight deck there being... Hospital, what is it? It's a giant building with patients right now. Being a lunatic. What can you make of this? I can make a hat or a pterodactyl or, or a brooch. <laughs> Here's a little bit of the uh, late Stephen Stucker's work. He's an experienced Air Force pilot, a flew during the war, so there's no cause for alarm. Henshaw, take over. What, what kind of plane is it? Oh, it's a big, pretty white plane with red stripes and curtains in the window and wheels, and it looks like a big Tylenol. <laughs> Talking to the press there in the airplane. In 1996, Jimmy the Gent, James Burke, Irish-American gangster, died at the age of 64. Worked for the Chasey Kime family, uh, believed to have organized the 1978 Lufthansa heist, largest cash robbery in American history at the time. He was friends with Henry Hill, and that's why he inspired the character of Jimmy the Gent Conway, played by Robert De Niro in the 1990 film Goodfellas. Okay. So based on uh, Jimmy the Gent. 18, excuse me, 1998, Patrick de Gayardon passed away, also too young at the age of 38. He was a legendary French skydiver, Eddie Pence. Any guesses as to how Patrick passed away oh, on this day in 1998? He went splat. Yeah, Ooh. his uh, parachute did not oh, open. Oh, God, yeah. that's terrifying. He was also known as one of the developers of the wingsuit. Oh, see those guys do base jumping right. and they uh, fly around and they, you he know, should like, have had a backup wingsuit on. He should have had that indeed. 2004, Karen Keating passed away, TV presenter in the UK, popular for being one of the hosts of the longest running children's TV show in the world called Blue Peter. Hmm. I don't know why it's called Blue Peter. It's terrible maybe, name. Maybe a Brit could uh, call in and explain that to us, but it sounds to me as if someone got their junk caught in their zipper right. or something. I don't know why. Along with those blue balls from that religious cult. He's <laughs> got a blue Peter. <laughs> uh, on this day in 2005, Johnny Johnson, American blues and jazz piano legend, died at the age of 80. Best known for being the piano player, longtime piano player in Chuck Berry's band. Helped sort of create rock and roll in the 1950s. In fact, that led him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Although more interestingly to me, yeah. he was posthumously awarded the Congressional Gold Medal because he broke racial barriers in the military. He was one of the first black Marines in an all-African-American unit that endured racism during the Second World War and then um, was responsible for integrating the all-white Marine Corps at the time. Wow. So uh, fascinating life for Johnny Johnson. Here's a little bit of his work with Chuck Berry. Mark Friedrich was died on this Friedrich? day in 2009. Yeah. What did I say? Friedrich? Fidrick? Friedrich. Uh, it's not it's Friedrich. No. Frodrick. Fidrick. The bird. The baseball player, the bird, the uh, the big uh, lanky uh, pitcher. Mark Fid Fidrick, right? Mark Fidrick? 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 I don't know. The bird. I you know the bird. You keep saying the bird. I don't know the bird. Everybody said about the bird. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. <laughs> anyway, he died at the age of 54 on this day. And Milo Schwarman, great Czech-American director, died at the age of 86. What a uh, great career. He passed away on this day in 2018. 
Some of his more notable works, he directed Amadeus, mm -hmm. Hair, uh, Man on the Moon with Jim yeah, Carrey, yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Ragtime, The People versus Larry Flint. He's got some great movies. Made some great films indeed. All right, you know what we do at this point? We find a food related to someone who passed away and see if Eddie Pence would be interested in eating that food or perhaps just sticking it up his ass. Then pulling it out. Yeah. Today is no different. We'll talk about that food and then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If those reels stop and they match. Jackpot. That means Eddie's eating. <laughs> However, if they're mismatched. <laughs> then he's not going to go mm -hmm. for it. All right, on this day in 1917, Diamond Jim Brady died. James Buchanan Brady died at the age of 60. Have you heard the name Diamond Jim Brady? Yeah, I have before? heard that name. He was, he was famous for, well, first of all, he made a, uh, millions selling railroad supplies. That's how he made his fortune. Okay. But in the uh, late 1800s, he was known for his diamond jewelry, his collection of jewels. He was a dandy. He liked oh, yeah. fancy clothes and jewelry. Okay. But also for his huge appetite. Oh. In fact, when he died on this day in 1917 of a heart attack, doctors examined him and discovered that his stomach was six times the size of the average person. Wow. He had overeaten so much that he stretched his stomach out to six times the average. My God. He ate enormous amounts at every sitting. He would have to, to it feel satiated at it, all. It became the stuff of legend. Wow. Uh, one restaurant owner named George Rector described Diamond Jim Brady as his, the best 25 customers I ever had, he said. <laughs> a mid-morning snack for, Di for Diamond Jim would be two or three dozen oysters. Oh, my God. Lunch would consist of two or three deviled crabs, a few boiled lobsters, a joint of beef, and an enormous salad, followed by several pieces of homemade pie. Afternoon tea would be another platter of seafood with accompanied by uh, two or three bottles of lemon soda. That was his favorite. And then dinner was the main meal of the day. He would have two or three dozen oysters, six crabs, two bowls of green turtle soup, six or seven lobsters, two canvas... Six or seven lobsters? You heard me. Two canvasback ducks, a double portion of terrapin, which is uh, turtle meat, a sirloin steak, vegetables, and then a platter of French pastries for dessert. Jesus. Occasionally, he would finish off the meal with a box of chocolate candy as well. My God. So, How old was he when he died? He was 60 years old. How did he live that long? I have no idea. Wow. Diamond Jim. Uh, for breakfast, and that's where today's food comes in, vast quantities for breakfast of uh, cornbread, muffins, pancakes, uh, veal or pork chops, fried potatoes, beef steak, and then he would wash it down with a gallon of fresh orange juice. How could you eat that much for breakfast? His main meal at breakfast, massive quantities, they said, of hominy. Hominy? You ever had hominy? Um, hominy. Yeah, my mom makes it every New Year's. It's like a tradition she does. Hominy. Black guy peas and hominy. Hominy, hominy. is corn yeah. that is dried and then treated by soaking and cooking the hard grain in a diluted solution of lye and uh, either slaked lime or lye. And then you wash that to remove the poisonous lye oh, yeah. from it. Don't eat the lye. No. But that breaks down the cellulose, the walls of the kernel, and it makes it larger and softens it. And then you dry it, and then you can fry it, or you can grind it up into uh, small particles called grits. You ever heard of hominy grits? Uh -huh. Where you can turn it into a flour if you want to make a bread or something out of it. But most people just eat it 
uh, as it is. Uh, hominy can be either fried, as you mentioned, with other vegetables or mm -hmm. things like that. But hominy, just pounds and pounds of hominy is what Diamond Jim Brady would have for breakfast. Eddie Pence, of course, doesn't have that kind of appetite, but no. would, would he eat any hominy at all? It's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One hominy, two hominy. Eddie Pence like a hominy. He eats like Diamond Jim Brady, but not as much because he's not big and fat and just one shot from a heart attack at 60, but he's still eating. Thank you, Jackpot. Yeah, Jackpot gets a whole bio. Yeah, well, he gets he's celebrating. You eat hominy. Well, it's just corn. I've, I've, I, it's you never had hominy. I've never it's had a, hominy. It's a, it's a southern, or yeah, it's a I, I believe it is a southern dish. dish yeah. yeah, but I'm, uh, I thought something that was soaked in lye, which is basically acid, would be something maybe you would shy away from, I giving you're notorious for how your food is prepared. I don't eat it a lot. I have eaten it. My mom's made it before, and I've had it, and it's it's. It's okay. What's it taste like? It's like corn. It's like a corn. Just like a corn. It's like corn. It's like really mushy corn. Hmm. Hmm. Not maybe not as sweet as corn because it's got all, it's been through all that shit. Yeah, they do. They process the shit. They out process of it. it, so it's not as it's a, to me. It's very bland. You almost have to throw like butter or something into it. It's kind of huh. But Look at you trying a food that I've never had. Well, I've that? never had an opportunity to eat hominy. A, yeah, my mom makes it for every. It's a she always has a New Year's tradition. Black eyed. Beans and hominy, black eyed peas and hominy. Well, there's no better way to ring in the new year than with some hominy. I, can't, I don't know. Just ask Diamond Jim Brady, <laughs> who sadly is no longer with no, us. No, because he ate himself to death. Hello, death. You're dead now, so shut up. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time for the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. And sadly, we have to uh, kick off the Showbiz Beat with another story about death. The great Gilbert Gottfried has passed away at the age of 67. That's so sad. I didn't even know he was sick. I didn't either. But, but apparently he was suffering from a disease called myotonic dystrophy type 2, which is basically a, uh, a dystrophy of the muscle of the heart. Yeah. And ventricular tachycardia apparently was the official cause. His heart uh, failed him at the age of 67. Gilbert's career spans, geez, decades. Started back in the 1970s. And then he became a short-lived cast member on Saturday Night Live. And then uh, a bunch of comedy TV shows and movies. Plenty of voice work as well, of course. Played Iago, the parrot in Aladdin, and the Affleck duck, of course, yep. for many years. But at his best, he was one of the most crude and brutal stand-up comedians yes, you'd ever want to meet. But also so ridiculous and over-the-top and sort of charming that he could get away with a lot oh. of stuff that other people couldn't. If you read his jokes, you're like, 
this is, you can't say this out loud, but he could deliver it in such a way where you would laugh at it. Because he had this character that was so ridiculous. And that voice and that face just made it all okay somehow. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. I had the opportunity to meet him on several occasions. Every time we would do the uh, morning show, the radio show out of New York, Mm -hmm. he would be a guest and he would come in mild-mannered, soft-spoken, yeah. just the sweetest guy in the world. Yeah. And then when the mics went live, he became this insane lunatic. But uh, <laughs> a real loss to comedy. Yeah. One of the greats. Very sad. One of the highlights for me whenever I would watch one of those Comedy Central roasts yeah. is when they would have him on the dais because he would destroy oh. people to Absolutely. their faces. Just so brave. <laughs> Here's uh, one of the less offensive jokes from the roast of David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff walks into a bar every morning and then he stays there until it closes. (laughs) Which is a great joke, by the way. He did that same roast, I remember distinctly. He did a sequence of jokes about a genie in a magic bottle. Pamela Anderson was on the stage. And, the, and the, he, the genie says, I'll give you any wish. And he says, Pamela Anderson asked for her show VIP to be a hit. And he's like, I'm, I'm just a genie. I can't do that. And then <laughs> she says, okay, make my vagina tight again. And he said, let me, let me see it about VIP. Let me see if I can get to work on that. So, funny joke. So funny. Uh, why does Jimmy Fallon have to ruin everything? What do he do now? Well, he's going to be, he's got to deal with NBC to revive Password, the old game show Password. And I love that game show. Yeah. But now he's gonna put his stink all over it. He already does it as a segment, apparently, on uh, the Tonight well, Show. Well, that's all his show is anymore. Just playing games, games with and celebrities. Stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's it's going over well on that show. So he's going to do a nighttime version of that. And he's got Kiki Palmer to be the host of the show. And I think she's very talented. But uh, I just don't want to deal with him. So <laughs> I won't be able to enjoy it. Hey, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing happened when uh, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. The yeah. one thing going through everybody's mind immediately. What? what does DJ Jazzy Jeff have to say about I it? I was curious. Well, you won't be surprised to know that okay. he is coming to the defense of his old pal Will Smith. Is he? Because I'm guessing there still are checks that need that's, to be cleared or something. He said, don't get it twisted that it was something he was proud of. It was a lapse in judgment, you know. But I think the thing that people don't realize is he has had the least amount of lapse of judgments than anyone. I can name 50 times that he should have smacked the shit out of somebody and didn't, says DJ Jazzy Jeff. So he he's saying there should be more slapping, not less. That's the worst. You should give him credit for not slapping more right. people. We give him credit for not hitting other people. Every time he didn't hit someone, he should get some sort of credit. We should all get credit for not hitting each other. I agree. Here's the thing. I've had so many lapse of, of judgments. I've never slapped anybody yeah. in my life. Do that dick dude on Southwest. Give him credit for not masturbating on other flights. That's right. I just masturbated on this one. Just the one for four hours. But That's he could have done it on several other he flights. He didn't do it in the airport. Where's the credit there? Right. Right. Congratulations to uh, Eddie's boyfriend, Ryan Reynolds. Oh. The Adam Project, starring Ryan, is now Netflix's fourth most watched film of all time. Oh my God. It has garnered... 233 million views in its first 28 days on the platform. That puts it at number four. Wow. Number one, by the way, also stars Ryan Reynolds. It's the action comedy Red Notice. Oh, yeah. That's the most watched English language film. Of all time? English language film of all time on Netflix. Wow. Uh, Number two is Don't Look Up. 
with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. Bird Box, number three. Oh yeah, I remember that. Extraction uh, is number four. Is that with Hemsworth? I don't know. Chris Hemsworth? No. I think it is. Uh, the Irishman's at number seven. Spencer Confidential's at number 10. What is that? Way. That's Mark Wahlberg playing the old, uh, the old TV uh, private detective Spencer. Spencer for Hire. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, he made a movie version, a reboot of Spencer called Spencer Confidential. I didn't know that. So, there you go. Speaking of movies, Warner Brothers has caved to pressure from the Chinese government and is removing any references about a gay relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald in the new Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore. They shouldn't do that. They should never do that. But a few references in there along the lines of I was in love with you, talking about the past relationship between Jude Law's character and Mads Mikkelsen's character. Mm -hmm. Um, the summer Gellert and I fell in love is another reference. Uh, they've cut all that stuff out at the request of the uh, Chinese censors who don't want to acknowledge homosexuality, I suppose. Like we said at the top of the show, money talks. You Always. know what? Always. And the, the statement from Warner Brothers is repugnant. Let me read you a little <sighs> bit of this. As a studio, we're committed to safeguarding the integrity of every film we release. And that extends to circumstances that necessitate making nuanced cuts in order to respond sensitively to a variety of in-market factors. It's all just corporate doublespeak. Fucking awful, man. Uh, they claim that the spirit of the film remains intact. The whole, the whole film, the series, the, the first two movies, and now I guess this one, which isn't out yet, revolves around the relationship between those two. It is called Secrets of Dumbledore, so I guess they took that literally, and now it will remain a secret oh, because no one in China will oh. know about the relationship. It's the 21st century. Good Hard Lord. to believe we, that's where we live. People can be in love with each other. Just let them do it. Fuck. Speaking of Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. who plays uh, the villain in that film, he's my new favorite actor of all time. I'm going to build a shrine to him. Really? Went off this week about... Method actors, like Lady Gaga living as that Gucci lady in House of Gucci and Jared Leto walking around on crutches. Uh, he went he off. Say? And here's the thing, Mads Mikkelsen is a brilliant actor. He's great. Doesn't believe in method acting at all. It's bullshit, he said in the interview. But preparation you can take into insanity. What if it's a shit film? What do you, what do you think you've achieved? Am I impressed that you didn't drop character? You should have dropped it from the beginning. How do you prepare for a serial killer? He asks these, these, right. these actors. Um, yeah, he says, it's just pretentious. Method acting is stunts. He said, the media goes, oh my God, he took it so seriously. Therefore, he must be fantastic. Let's give him an award. Then that's the talk and everybody knows it and it becomes the thing. So he says, now it's just a stunt that actors do to try to get attention and garner uh, critical and, and award attention. That's usually what it's for. And it's absolutely, yeah. he's absolutely right. And, I love him so much. That's now. amazing. Today's celebrity birthdays, all these stars born on April 13th, starting with Peter Davison, not Pete Davidson, oh, the bad one. This okay. is the good one, oh, Peter okay. Davison, who was the fifth doctor, speaking of Doctor Who. He's 71 years old today. Composer Bill Conti is 80 years old. Look, I know John Williams is the king when it comes to movie composers. Mm -hmm. However, if you got to write one, this is a pretty good one to be known for by Bill Conti. Pretty 
good, right? It's up there. It's, it's up there good. with him. Yeah. Edward Fox, great British actor, 85. Jack Cassidy, bass player for Jefferson Airplane, is 78. In my, in my argument, and I think it could be proven, the most iconic bass line in all of sort of 60s psychedelic music mm -hmm. is this one from White Rabbit. That is yeah. 60s. Yes. Put, put the music. Yeah. Uh, Paul Servino, great actor, also in Goodfellas, by the way, 83 years old. Tony Dow, who played Wally Cleaver on the old Leave It to Beaver show, is 77. I've long held the belief that almost every line of dialogue from Leave It to Beaver <laughs> sounds filthy, taken out of context. Here's the older brother confronting his younger brother in the bedroom. If you just take this line of dialogue, it makes you wonder what's going on in there at night. You're too old to start bawling. And you're too young to run away and join the Navy. What am I old enough to do? Well, I think you're right about at the age where you're just going to have to stick around and take it. Yeah, it's just going <laughs> to Poor Beeb. It's just going to... just got to grab your ankles, man. Just, just stick around and take bend it. Bend over and take it, dude. Actor Ron Perlman, 72. The Reverend Al Green celebrates his 76th birthday today. Wally and the Beeves should put that on at night. <laughs> William Sadler from Roswell and Wonder Falls and, of course, played death famously in uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, yeah. yeah, 72 years old. Keyboardist Jimmy Destry of one of my favorite bands, Blondie, is 68 years old. He wrote a lot of their hits, including this one. Uh, Carolyn Rea, who was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, a character and stand-up comedian. She's 58 today. Lou Bega is 47. Speaking of one-hit wonders. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. Allison Williams from Girls, and of course played Peter Pan opposite Christopher Walken's oh, Captain Hook in that live Peter Pan recently, <laughs> 34 years old, and Mighty Max Weinberg, drummer for the E Street motherfucking band, 71 years old today, one of my heroes. Oh, man, this song. Listen to this. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time for another one of my heroes. A man who has gone through bike accidents and COVID, and he still <laughs> lived to tell the tale. He's back with us, our UK correspondent. It's time for... Steve. 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 
invest in. Oh, Ralph. Yeah, the money makes James T. Kirk look like Charlie Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> With his big face. Hey, Doctor Who is in the news. Hey, before we get anywhere or do anything... Oh. Let's check mm. in with you. Everyone's been worried about you and, and concerned, and we know you haven't been well. How are you doing? You know, honestly, I'm a bit up and down. Um, so I keep, and I, I thought I was completely over it because what happened was I had it, and then I spent a week drinking. And then <laughs> and I thought after that, because I, I like was just like isolating, so fuck it. Um, so I fell off the wagon a bit, um, and then... And then that, that was all right, and I stopped drinking again. And then I've just really sort of the tail end of it, just kind of like feeling tired and 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 stuff. Um, but, you know, in terms of in myself, I'm all right. My shoulder's still fucking giving me jip. I haven't done any of my rehab exercises, so I've started doing that again, and then that's just made me made it more painful. So which, <laughs> I, in theory, I guess means it's working. I don't know. Yeah. Getting old to joy, isn't it? Yeah, fuck. Especially when you fucking get knocked off your bike and fucking dislocate your shoulder and and shit. One thing after another. Well, exactly. speaking of old, you were mentioning yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who's in the news. Well, it's coming up to Easter, isn't it? And there's that special. Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who will come clean about her crush in that upcoming special to be aired over Easter. Um, her Time Lord and her companion Yasmin, played by Mandip Gill, will apparently act on their feelings. Bum chicka wow Wow, I don't remember the Doctor ever really allowing himself to engage with a companion. Well, the show's boss, Chris Chibnall, said that conversations between the pair would be developing and taking place during The Legend of the Sea Devils. Now, in this article that I copied and pasted this from, it said... <laughs> The Doctor has often been involved in romantic subplots. No, that's the whole thing. He makes himself distant from them because he knows that he will outlive them and he doesn't want to deal with the heartache. Well, Tennant and Rose were always sort of skirting on the edge of the bone zone, weren't they? There was always that. <laughs> yeah, flirty, yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember, like, Tom Baker and Leela fucking being <laughs> banging to each other, although I was quite into Leela. Oh, I had me feelings. Too. Yeah, and at a very young age, I was quite confused by what was happening in my little shorts there. <laughs> Although, I must say, I don't know, looking back, Pertwee in the 70s looked like he fucked more than Rod Stewart, didn't he? In his, in his fucking velvet cape and frilly foppish shirts and all that. He was the Austin so Powers that, of all the Doctor Whos. <laughs> yeah, so apart from that, I can't think, maybe birthday boy Peter Davison and Adric. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Chibnall said that uh, Dan has cottoned on to the dynamic between the Doctor and Yaz and from a distance observed uh, what, they've been, what they haven't been admitting to themselves. Conversations are not concluded in this episode, but they will definitely have advanced from where they were in uh, New Year. Uh, there's a lot of open and honest conversations. I wonder if one of the open and honest conversations will be, why has the writing been so shit for the last few years? <laughs> If that were, or, or why did you hire John Bishop to play Dan, who is a good stand-up but a shitty actor? That, there's the questions that I'd like to have conversations about. Hey, listen, bad boy of showbiz, enfant terrible, D-Rad is in the news. What's up with your boy, Daniel? Daniel Radcliffe has opened up about his future in the film industry. Retirement, retirement, <laughs> retirement. No, he's, re he re he's revealed he's keen to take on a role behind the camera. Oh, that's better, isn't it? Getting away from in front, preferably way behind the camera 
like <laughs> craft services, I think, would be a good place to start. Apparently, he's planning to direct his own film in the future. Oh. Uh, chatting in a recent interview about his career in the film industry so far, he teased he's already got a script in the works. He said, I've got an idea for something that I've written, he told Empire magazine. Uh, I'm hopefully going to direct. It will be a couple of years' time because the next 18 months at least are pretty much accounted for. He, he joked, people always say, write what you know, but I've had a very unrelatable life. I found a way of writing something that's kind of connected to the film industry. I would just like to direct for two reasons, partly because I've not done it before and I wouldn't want, want to be thinking about other things at the same time. Plus, I will be likely out every night with my bitches straight up doing molly. So I... So I no doubt I don't want to be doubling up on work, he said, apparently. Apparently. So what I take from that is he wouldn't cast himself either. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I take from the subtext. Anyway, look, I've got to go now, Ralph, actually. As you know, as I said, I'm feeling uh, still the effects of COVID. Mainly things like fatigue, runny nose, a bit unsteady on my feet. Sounds like I've just had a weekend in Vegas with you. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'll I'll talk to you again on Friday. Steve will be rejoining us on Friday, also joining in for the Video Vault segment mm -hmm. as well. But now it is Wednesday, and that means it's time for One Hit Wonder Wednesday. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we're revisiting one of our conversations about a One Hit Wonder. We almost never do this. Right. In fact, I don't believe we ever have. I don't think so. But this is one of my favorites. We had a, we had a great time, and this was a fascinating investigation into this song and it comes at a special request from one of our listeners who apparently has not heard it before hey ralph yoho eddie this is charles four-star general from indiana you made the comment of if you could give any advice it would be wear sunscreen which instantly made me think of baz lerman the director's one and only hit song everybody's free or in parentheses sunscreen which has amazingly good advice that evidently Eddie didn't listen to. Oh, like, wow. be nice to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Yeah. Love you. Mean it. Bye. See what you've done? You didn't take care of your right, knees. Right, okay. Just put me in a box. Baz Luhrmann's Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen smash hit song from 1998. We talked about this one. And usually I ask people when they're going to make a recommendation or a suggestion for One Hit Wonder Wins. They go on the website. Go to RalphReport.com. And at the top of the opening page there, you can click on One Hit Wonders. It gives you an entire list of all the ones we've right. ever done. But we did this one like three years ago. It was way back. And it's so much talk now about Baz Luhrmann's new film, Elvis, mm -hmm. the new biopic yes. that's opening up at the Cannes Film Festival. We just mentioned him. I thought enough time has gone by. And it's really an interesting deep dive into this song. So I thought it would be worth revisiting on today's One Hit Wonder. Wednesday is Baz Luhrmann's Sunscreen. One-Hit Wonder. One-Hit Wonder. One-Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today we're talking about a director, a writer, director, producer, who ended up with a smash-hit international sensation of a hit song. Hmm. This man is from Australia originally, and he is a writer, director, producer, with projects spanning film and television and opera and theater and music and the recording industry and that's how he fell into this smash hit song. He was making an album in 1998 called Something for Everybody 
where he was releasing either newly recorded or remixed music from his films and plays. And he put together this single based on an email he read with some backing music from one of his films. Do you remember where Sunscreen, the spoken yes, word record? Yes, that yes. was a international phenomenon. Wow. It came off of Baz Luhrmann's album from 1998 called Something for Everybody, featuring music from his films like uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Strictly Ballroom, La Boheme. A lot of people know him probably best for directing the film Moulin Rouge with okay. uh, Ewan McGregor yeah. and um, um, uh, Tom Cruise's ex. Natalie, Nick, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, Natalie, exactly. Natalie Ken Cole. And we've been talking about the <laughs> fact that he's making that new Elvis biopic as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, Baz Luhrmann. So here's the thing. He was in the recording studio and he came across this email, which was being passed around at the time. It was a columnist named Mary Schmick, and she had published some unsolicited advice in the Chicago Tribune. It was basically what her commencement speech would be if she were ever to give one. Yeah. And she gave a lot of advice to young people, starting off with wear sunscreen. That was her first piece <laughs> of advice. And so this essay was being passed around via email all over the world, and he took it. And he had an actor read it, and then he put backing tracks behind it. And somehow, it became an international smash hit song. That came out of right around the time I moved here. And it was all over the radio every day. It was a top 10 hit across Europe. Yeah. And largely obscure here in the U.S. And then one producer in Phoenix picked it up for a syndicated radio show. And once he started playing it, people started requesting it. And then it caught like wildfire yeah, all everywhere. over the United States. Everywhere. It was a smash hit. Here's a little piece of the Baz Luhrmann song. It's, it's called Everybody's Free is technically the title, but most people know it as the sunscreen song. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubble gum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. It goes on for five minutes. I know. <laughs> of unsolicited advice about how to live your life. It was everywhere. The man. album version is seven minutes long. <laughs> Inexplicably, it became the hottest record in the world. Yeah, but sitting here, you playing, I could have listened to it for all seven minutes. It's pretty damn catchy. You I'll just listen you. to it, and you're like, yeah, uh -huh, that's right. The that's guy, true. the that's voice right. actor that he picked, too, by the way, is exceptional. Uh, Australian guy, the name escapes me, but uh, 
It's really a powerful stuff. It was number one in Canada, number one in Ireland, number eight in Norway, number one in Scotland, number one in the UK, as I mentioned, uh, number one, uh, number 10 here in the United States. It was everywhere. But here's the problem. Not everybody speaks English. So what do you do if you want to sell this record in other countries? <laughs> they recorded. They translated it in so many other languages. For example, Russian. Наслаждайтесь силой и красотой своей юности. Пока жизнь вам не нравится, она проходит. Поверьте мне, через 20 лет вы посмотрите на свои фотографии и вспомните с чувством, которое вы сейчас не можете понять. Yeah, getting yelled at. Pretty. It's a pretty language. <laughs> getting yelled at. You want to get yelled at? What do you hear it in German? <laughs> it is less advice and more commands when they do it in German. Genießt die Kraft und die Schönheit eurer Jugend, aber macht euch nichts daraus. Ihr werdet Kraft und Schönheit nicht verstehen, bis sie versagen. Aber vertraut mir. Yeah, it's. The Nazis have ruined the German they language have. forever. I just like he's hatching a plot and patting, it, they, patting a cat. They all sound sinister. It. Oh, my God. It sounds like he's not being genuine with no. the advice. Let me give you a little piece of advice. <laughs> you will be very interested to know that sunscreen <laughs> in that bottle is actually acid. <laughs> it's like he's telling you his whole plan. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, it's much more. It's much easier to take in Swedish. Uh. It sounds more friendly. Njut av styrkan och skönheten av att vara ung. Nej, förresten. Du kommer ändå inte förstå ungdomens styrka och skönhet förrän den avtar. Smurgenbergen. Svitterna för skönhetsstörsen. Orkar första bursta i världen. I would want to do whatever he asks of me. As I mentioned, it was a hit all over the world. It was everywhere in 1999. That's 20 years ago now. Hard to That's insanity. Um, and it inspired a ton of parodies as well. Many radio morning shows did their parody of the sunscreen song. I myself was guilty of it. <laughs> I tried to hunt it down. I couldn't find it anywhere. But the, the biggest hit was in Baz Luhrmann's native Australia. There was a comedian there named John Safran who released a song called Not the Sunscreen Song. It was a parody of the sunscreen song. That song also went to number 20 on the charts in Australia. <laughs> the parody did almost as well as the original. Here's a little piece of that. If you're unsure about what you're going to do with your life, try to remember some of the most interesting people didn't know what they were going to do at age 22 or even at 40. And nearly all of them are unemployed drug addicts forced to live on cat food. Also understand that friends will come and go. This is because of your irritating personality. Nobody likes you. So if the only thing getting you through the day is the misconception that people like you, End it now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Not oh, my God. Not great advice. Oh my you don't God. necessarily want to follow that oh. advice. Yeah. <laughs> that was the parody version. Wow. And that's today's One Hit Wonder. It's a One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. It is indeed. Very, very happy to revisit that yeah. song. Fascinating stuff and all the foreign versions and the yeah, parody versions. that was crazy. That was a lot of fun. I think it's second only to Bobby Boris Pickett in terms of uh, <laughs> most attempts deep, at a remake. deep dives that we've done before. <laughs> All right, kids, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Come back tomorrow. Hell, except for you four-star generals, oh, I forgot. Yes. Tonight's the night, right. 7 p.m. Make sure you click on that link via Crowdcast so you can spend some time with us here in the Batcave. It's very hot. Yeah, put on some Al Green. Bite over <laughs> Wally and the beef. Take it. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> 
Uh, for everybody else, we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's a Thursday. It means Ralph Sex University. Breaking sex news tomorrow. Breaking should, sex should news. Should be fascinating. Ooh. Yeah, Changing everything we knew. About sex. What we thought before. We've been doing it wrong this whole it's time. breakthrough. Brand new world we're going to be living in. We'll <laughs> Can't cover, wait. We'll cover that tomorrow, as well as all the usual fun stuff. In order for you to join us, though, you got to take care of yourself. So I'm asking you, please. Stay good in the hood. Because. Life is life. We want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, however, love you, mean it, bye. 